0: Hi there, welcome to Bible Slash Chat. Kevin, hello. Hello. How are you? Good. This is the uh, first Bible Slash Chat we've done in a while that's made it on air. (laughs) Great.
1: (laughs) We've been doing some Bible Slash Chats, and we've been chatting a lot, and a lot about the Bible, but we haven't finalized the the actual videos, so normally we just like to wing these, uh, but what we've realized is winging them has gotten us into some trouble. So... Uh, We want to just sort of uh, review some topics here. Uh, We had a couple questions that came in uh, from some avid listeners, (laughs) avid listener, er, singular. (laughs) Uh, We, uh, one of the young adults, uh, Michaela, asked a great question, and this was her question. She said, uh, we talk about Jesus coming from the tribe of Judah, but then we're also told that Jesus is our high priest, Mm -hmm. and we know that the priestly tribe is Levi, Mm -hmm. so if why would Jesus come from the priestly tribe? I mean, from the kingly tribe, mm-hmm. not the priestly tribe. Mm-hmm. And the question gets more complex because Moses says in Deuteronomy 18, a prophet yeah. will rise up like me. And Moses is from the tribe of Levi. So it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We had to, Is he from the tribe of Levi, from the tribe of Judah? How is, he, how is he a priest and a king if he's not from the tribe of Levi? So yeah. maybe clear up some of that for us yeah. here uh, quickly.
0: <clears throat> yeah, what I would say simply is the you know what Bobby was talking about at the retreat we had recently Mm -hmm. was you trace Genesis and the the seed line Mm -hmm. for um, the Messiah goes through Judah obviously and that's the kingly line right so yeah um, you're looking for a second Adam Adam was you know told to rule and things it's kingly language Um, and so you have that precedent there you're looking for the king is ultimately the main main focus but then um,
1: and and that's we see that in Judah because of Jacob's prophecy over him, just to put a yeah, text to yeah. it, that Jeremiah forty nine, I mean uh, Genesis, Genesis forty nine ten, yeah. where he says, "the the one the scepter will not depart from Judah until from Shiloh Judah. comes." Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah,
0: and then obviously Davidic covenant, it's the kingly dynasty that you know yeah. you're just filtering down to more specifics, um, but you do have the reality of the Levitical priesthood. Um, this question actually comes up, what I love about the Bible is it answers the question in Hebrews 7, right? So um, it talks about Melchizedek and really what it's helpful to put Hebrews in context because he's trying to talk to Jewish people who are tempted to revert to, you know, the old covenant Mm. and use it as some sort of means of getting to God, you know, as some sort of salvation, which isn't even what it was for um, as far as like saving your soul. You couldn't do anything uh, for your soul through the temple or anything, but Mm -hmm. like, um, but what he's doing is he's actually saying no you need to come to Christ um, who surpasses you know the realities that the old covenant was pointing to yeah um, and he points out Melchizedek <coughs> who's mentioned in the Old Testament in Genesis yeah. <coughs> as a king priest and he's these two offices together yeah and that is used um, later in Psalm 110 it's mentioned in Hebrews 7:17, 7, 17 uh, where it declares the Messiah will be a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek gotcha and so there are two lines God has put uh, for priests for his priestly people yeah and basically you have one that is the Levitical line and then one that is the King priest line and yeah. um, and he's saying Christ is a priest according to that order of Melchizedek yeah um, so it, it's just I guess that's like the super simple answer but yeah. to put um, significance to that you have the Levitical line, which is designed within the Mosaic Covenant to point to the need for purity and things like that. But yeah. even Hebrews 9, I think, goes on to say that the temple structure was a parable. It was something, it was like basically an analogy to help understand what Christ would do in heaven for us, in the heavenly temple. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. The,
1: yeah, so the earthly temple is a replica of the heavenly temple to show us what Christ is doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's not obligated to be a priest after the Levitical order, correct? Because he has this other priesthood right. that he receives directly from God through this guy Melchizedek, the international man of theological mystery. Yes, yes. So he, so this, so Melchizedek is the priest. So which priesthood is better, the Melchizedekian priesthood or the Levitical priesthood?
0: <laughs> Definitely the Melchizedekian priesthood. Um, you know, Hebrews goes on to say that. Yeah, um, like in
1: verse ten, yeah. or I, I guess nine. Um, He says, and so, so to speak, through Abraham, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes. Yeah. uh, For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him.
0: Yeah, so when Abraham meets Melchizedek in Genesis, he pays tithes to him. And the author of Hebrews picks up on that to say Levi was, so to speak, within the loins of Abraham. And Abraham is... Um, paying ties to Melchizedek as though Melchizedek is a superior, you know, person, person. in that case. So um, the so, author of Hebrews is putting his finger on that, and saying, "Look at that! This, yeah. is, this is significant." So
1: Melchizedek, the priest, Abraham pays ties, so that means he's subservient to Melchizedek in some sense. Yeah. And Levi is the grain, is the great great grandson of Abraham, which means that he would be lesser than him in terms of person, in terms of importance. Right. So highest is Melchizedek. <coughs> Abraham's under him. Isaac, Jacob, Levi, all the way down to that. He's under. He's way under Abraham. Yeah, which shows that ultimately Levi is under the priesthood of Melchizedek.
0: Yeah, he's inferior in that yeah. sense, and so that's why Hebrews goes on in Hebrews seven to point out so many times in different ways. Um, you know, you have. Uh, the former priests in the Levitical line existed in greater number because they kept dying and you needed a new priest, new priest, new priest. But Jesus, verse 24, on the other hand, because Mm -hmm. he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he's able to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession. And then um, talks about he does not need daily like those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for their own sins and then for the sins of the people because he did this once for all when he offered up himself, right? He didn't have any of his own sin. He's sinless. Um, You know, and and so the author of Hebrews is pointing this out in several ways. Yeah. uh, Why Christ is superior.
1: That's super helpful. So let me ask you this last question. (laughs) We weren't planning this, but it's always fun to wing (laughs) these. So do you think Melchizedek was a pre-incarnate Christ? Or was he just a guy who God ordained with this office who then Abraham meets?
0: I think he's he's the latter. I think uh, verse 373, it says, uh, he's made like the son of God. Yeah. You know, and I think the way... um, to mention that I think Bobby even talked about this too, it's the way he's portrayed in the narrative of Genesis. He doesn't have a father, mother, you know, brother, anything. You know, it's not yeah. it's not as genealogical as hey, there's Adam and his son and his son and his son. Correct. But this Melchizedek figure is portrayed in the story without genealogy. Doesn't mention him dying. You know, yeah. he's just it's this profile of a character um, who's kind of mysterious in yeah. there, and so no wonder there's a question. Um, But the author of Hebrews is pointing to the text, and the way we have an understanding of Melchizedek in the text, which is why he's like, he says like, oh, you know, translate his name, you know, and he's doing things with, he's handling the Bible when he's talking about this guy. Yeah. So, while he was a real historical person, the way the author is pointing to him is through the text of Genesis. Right. And he's saying, let's look at the words and the way he's described, and realize, no wonder Christ is order after this order, yeah. you know, and so. Um, yeah,
1: that makes good sense, yeah. So he's not like a pre-incarnate Christ. He's no. a guy, but yeah. he—that he's a unique guy who had unique office, unique role for the express purpose of an instituting a priesthood. Yeah. which did, Then David grabs onto and yeah. says, hey, you're a priest forever after this order, not the order of Levi. Yeah. So David understood that there were two orders, and the author of Hebrews just says, look, this is the testimony of the Bible. This is the priesthood Jesus holds. Therefore, he can be the king from the Ju- mm-hmm. Ju- from the Judahite line, but not necessarily need to be a, Le- Le- a Levite mm-hmm. or a Le- of Levitical priesthood mm-hmm. because he carries this greater priesthood. Yeah, during Melchizedek. And to
0: your point, he's also a prophet, which wasn't tied to a specific yeah, yeah. tribe. But he's prophet, priest, and king, and yeah. he fulfills all those. Yeah, you know, which so. is awesome.
1: He is yeah. the great one. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Praise God. Well, I uh, hope that's helpful for you. If you have any questions about this topic or any topic, you can always email us at info at faithbibleoc. And then I was told to say this slower faithbibleoc.org. Hope that's helpful for you. Thanks. Mm -hmm.